Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. You are listening to a podcast by Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. If you enjoy Faith Over Breakfast, we encourage you to rate it on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, or Google Play. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. My name is Eric Seepin. I am pastor of the village, and across from me is Andy Littleton, pastor of Mission Church. Hello. And we just did a Do Animals Go to Heaven? We even we even got a little theological about it all. A little theological, we and then we had did a little memory stories. lane down at the at the end. Uh, yeah. yeah, some of our animal stories. Yeah, yeah. And I, so enjoy. I think the whole podcast is good. We do, you know, we have a few things in the that we're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying, I don't know, to figure those out. We're, this is a low budget podcast. Mm. So, you know, as in zero, zero budget. So yeah. when we get around to getting people interviewed and doing all those kind of things, we will. Yep. Yep. It'll happen. So yep. anyway, but thanks for joining us. We've been doing this for quite a while and we really appreciate all yeah. of you who tune in. Yeah. And, uh, thank you, Brian at mission for telling me you listen. That was, uh, I needed that needed, needed one of those. So thanks for that. Yeah, and, Brian. Uh, and yeah, enjoy the podcast. All right. <laughs> it's good to see you, Andy. Yeah, good to see you. Good morning. So, oh gosh. Faith of a Breakfast, I am I haven't had any food nor coffee. Wait, oh, no, I did have a little coffee. Did you have a little coffee, that's good. Uh, but but uh, I'm going to eat after this. So, so I don't this know how that's going to affect faith, my mood. Faith before breakfast. Faith before breakfast because I decided to shower a little longer and enjoy myself this morning, which <laughs> I I still don't I don't regret that. That's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Uh so, we said last week I I have a habit of forgetting. I forgot last night, but then we got another email that reminded me of our topic. Yeah, I did not forget. So you did not. You also didn't. Thanks for communicating, Eric. We, we do need to have a podcast just all about our uh, po- our own podcast etiquette with each other and our disagreements there. And we can just have an angsty conversation. Sure, and then we then we'll both feel really guilty about posting, and every and then we won't post it. Right? And then, oh yeah. Anyway, do did all dogs, you did do you dogs te- go to heaven? Did you text me? Yes. Okay, so yesterday, so here's the problem. Monday is my day off, so I don't look at my phone at all, and I actually turn notifications off. That, that's a great call. I think most people on their day off look at their phone all day. So that's what confused me. No, I just, I just shot you a little. Remind me of our topic text. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> oh, you could listen to the podcast and then find out. Yeah, that takes a while. It takes a while. Just scroll to the end. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Do, but we know what it do is. Do animals now. go to heaven? We said dogs, though, didn't we? Oh, dogs. Okay. But but the the conversation has been expanded in, yes. a, in a follow-up email. So we have two people asking about this. I think mm-hmm. one is from more parental yeah, little kids. The dog. What do you a, tell them and that kind of thing. Sorry, remind me. Had that has a dog died in their home, or their the dog is old. I think the dog is old. I think the dog is old. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, a good friend of yours brought up um, that 
you know, there's some other questions. Do the, yeah, hold on. Yeah, let's just read this out because this is, this is, uh, we're we're going deep here. If you're going to discuss whether dogs go to heaven on the podcast, I have two corollary questions. Do the cows, pigs, and chickens that are bred, tortured, and killed to feed our addictions go to heaven? Do wild animals such as the insects we spray insecticide to kill or the orcas were slowly starving because we dammed the rivers or the salmon run go to heaven? And this is from your friend, David. Yes, um. The answer, real simply, is if the grasshopper is born again, then yes. You shall enter the kingdom. (laughs) End of podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, interesting. So I think I threw this out last week where I said, believe it or not, in my experience of working in a probably more more secular, um, liberal thinking space, one of the the top questions that has sort of crossed into the spiritual world where people are starting to ask and think about the spiritual world has been around this idea, uh, especially of dogs, but of animals. Um, yes. Being with us in eternity somehow. And it, that has surprised me. I thought of, of all the big questions you'd think, you know, yeah. questions around the is existence there of God. Does God is, exist? I, honestly, I have heard that less mm-hmm. than I've heard questions about and honest questions about whether or not animals will be there, which is that surprises me. Um, but it's a real it's a big question. I think I think that I'm just saying as you're as we're engaging with with people who are thinking about spiritual things, this is a true question that folks have. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to I don't want to trivialize it. I really don't. And uh, and I think I have to throw out there and just say, I'm a I, I love I love our dogs. I'm I'm super into our dogs. So I I will be a very sad guy when uh, any of our dogs die. And uh, my wife will be devastated. So that's that's where I'm coming from. Do you right. do you have animals? So we have a um, I have a long history with animals, both pre and during marriage, I guess <laughs> before marriage. <laughs> so what, are, a, what are you saying about what, your marriage what I mean right is, now? I'm trying to understand this. <laughs> As kids, I've had a lot of animals. Okay. Um, uh, we uh, <laughs> animals don't seem to live very long around us so if they go to heaven more have gone to heaven because they've been in the seeping home we've even had what uh, what we called the hedgy hospice where we you know create this little comfortable space for our hedgehog to go off and die yeah and we so we we built it all around one of the squirrel an abandoned squirrel hole in our backyard and you know yeah the the hedgehog stayed there for a while hopefully it wasn't a snake hole it wasn't. Yeah, because that would have been messed up. Or just a bit of a good dinner <laughs> for the snake. <laughs> anyway. No, and then, and then it, it had cancer, and there wasn't yeah. you know, anything yeah. we could do. And so it wandered into the hole and died somewhere under the mm-hmm. under the carport. Yeah. Such things yeah. occur. No, we just, my wife ends up being allergic to most of our animals, so we have to give them away. Okay. And I grew up with cats and a few dogs, and everyone's allergic to cats in my house. So yeah. there's no cats. Yeah, we don't have cats. I I thought I was allergic to cats, and the allergy tests say that is false. Huh. So it's just but all I in have, your head. But I am highly allergic to dust, mm. which no pet helps with, but I think especially maybe cats. Cats, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess they bring a lot of dust in. Yeah, just that all over their fur, thick fur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So let's just put it on the table. 
But, Andy, uh, do you believe that your animals, all animals, will be in heaven? Or are there specific animals? How do, how do, what do you think about yeah, these things? Yeah, here's how I, well, so uh, there are a lot of questions here. Mm-hmm. Heaven. Um, right, so we've got to describe these What does that mean? You know, and, and so I, here's, here would be my bare answer to the question, and then we can get into there. Um, okay. I do not believe specific animals or potentially any animals are in heaven, um, but I do uh, believe that there is a new heavens and new earth promised in the scriptures, and this is kind of a emerging of the ideas of heaven and earth. And I believe that that will be filled with all the creatures that God has made, but perhaps not the specific one you had. Um, it's There's a difference between the human soul made in the image of God um, and the, the specific animal. Though, I don't think we have clarity on that or how that works. So I'm not stating this as a foundational doctrine of any kind. But that's my basic position. I suppose. How about you? Well, I guess first let's so let's just start out by saying that if you want to think this through at all, we don't normally do this, but I'm going to put it out there. You should start by reading Isaiah 65, which mm-hmm. is one of the most beautiful descriptions of the yeah. new heavens and the new earth. Yeah, and you have to start with that passage if you're going to talk about animals go to heaven. So we're just I'm going to let people think about reading that. You can also read Isaiah 11. Um, and Romans 8. These yep. are things you can think about. Um, my answer is, let's first talk about, so heaven comes to earth. Mm-hmm. Like they're the dwelling place of God it's and the with, dwelling place of man is going to be the same. They become merged reality. Yes, merged reality. Yeah. So we know that in that reality, like you said, are going to be animals. Yeah. Right? In fact, Though sometimes things like statements like the lion will lay down with the lamb or Jesus is coming on a horse, you see in Revelation, that may symbolism. There's symbolism. Mm -hmm. So they may indicate that they're animals or those are just it's not. uh, That's why I'm saying there's not it's not a proof. But we know that God is creating new things and he will create a new heavens and earth. And that will include animals. And it seems in Isaiah 65 to indicate that. Well, and, and there are probably other indicators, such as in creation, um, animal life is you know, predates us. Yes. And, I mean, that, that bears out scientifically as well. Um, so, but, but in the creation account, the animal life is part of what was made for us to participate with and enjoy. So you would assume that, for, you know, since God intends the world to be made again the way it was supposed to be that that would include animals yes Mm -hmm. so let's say i have to think about is let's just talk about what happens to you when you die Mm -hmm. so maybe you were buried and when you're buried you disintegrate into your bones Mm -hmm. right uh and then after an extended period of time there's not really any kind of indication that you exist right right or Maybe you were burned up in a fire, or maybe you were cremated. So when you are resurrected as a follower mm-hmm. of Jesus, your identity mm-hmm. holds tight. Mm-hmm. The cells that you were made with, one, leave you every seven years and mm-hmm. are shared by everyone. Mm-hmm. The, the crazy thing is you probably you could possibly share the cells of Genghis Khan. Right? Yeah. 
So whatever substance that God uses to rebuild you, we will recognize you, but it is not the cells that you hold now in the tent that Paul calls, you know, this temporary tent, but your soul, your identity, the image that you bear of God, that exists. And that in that period is what we would describe as being in heaven. Yes. Or paradise or however you want to describe those things. And this is uh, in, in, in Christianity and to some degree, some other yeah. faiths. Um, but especially in Christianity, there is that, there is, you have died, and then there is the, what you could call the recreation, restoration of all things, and there's yeah. a resurrection, and there is eternal life, but there's there's a, a period in between. So I'm going to say, so if you go to Romans 8, and it talks about groaning, right? The yeah. whole earth is groaning. I I believe that we see that groaning play itself out in our dogs and our cats. We see it play out mm-hmm. in the lions eating the lamb. We see it played out and they feel the curse because they die and they they we see it in plant life that die. We life. see it in in honestly, I would say in the homes we build that begin yes. to fall apart. Yes. And, yeah. So there is the, though this weight and our whole world is groaning. I believe that animals in general and I do think there may be some different kind of value system that God has built into animals. Um, there, they have that it's very possible that both new creation and the old being made new, you will find, you know, Fluffy in heaven. Fluffy may yep. recognize you. I'm actually, and Fluffy may not recognize you right. because Fluffy is not there. The chickens that are slaughtered for you to eat probably not going to be there. Well, might be. There may be some chickens. That th- yes, the, this is, and and that's an interesting piece of the conversation because there are there are animals that are early on and then later on in scripture designated as sources of food, um, and th- things of that nature that that seem to have that there is personality that, but there there is a difference between the level of sort of personality within these creatures and how God might deal with that. I do not know, but, but that's a, it's interesting. It's so when it comes to how we handle the gifts that God's given us from the Mm -hmm. tulips to the chickens, the church is the kingdom of God and it functions within different spaces. Mm -hmm. And in those different spaces, it actually doesn't have a universal calling to how Mm. it's going to proclaim that kingdom. Mm. Um, And so I think if you're living in poverty and you're a church of poverty and you're wrestling to survive, probably God is not giving you the voice to say, hey, let's proactively figure out how we're going to deal with our food supply. Right. Right. That's, it's, that's it, not, it might be okay to go to Walmart and get what you need and just get get what you need off that 99 cent rack. And so yeah. I think as a kingdom of God has wealth mm-hmm. and voice and influence, then it has to begin to think about those things. And how it deals with mm-hmm. the earth groaning. But again, whatever you do is symbolic and that you and I cannot create the new heavens and new earth. Right. We can only begin to steward it and say, this is what the new heavens and the new earth will look like. And we're building towards it's, that together. It's a method of proclamation in, in, a, in a sense. Yes. Of, of living by the new heavens and new earth way. Right. As we await it. So I yeah. think we have a problem. And the problem is, is with our little kids, we want to tell them when our dog dies, well, when you go to heaven, 
that's where your dog is, right? Right. And we think that that's how we actually teach them to deal with grief mm-hmm. and loss and reality. The thing is, is that the dog, the cat, the bunny, the hedgehog mm-hmm. are these beautiful gifts that God has given you, your kids. Mm-hmm. And those are gifts in the present that you treasure. Yeah. And that when they die, you thank God for them. You remember them, but you don't need to talk about where they are mm-hmm. because where they are is not your responsibility nor your children's responsibility. That's God's responsibility who is good and we can trust that whatever he's going to do with, you know, Buster mm-hmm. is really good and rich. Mm-hmm. And if though, though we don't have right. insight into exactly yes. what that right. is. Yeah. And so it's better to teach our kids to remember and to tell the stories of Buster than to tell where Buster is. Yeah. And to help redirect those. The other thing I would say is that when I, you and I, enter into the kingdom of God and God restores all things though you're you will probably have died and be resurrected unless God comes back before that I will recognize you right but the substance which made you yeah will not be the same will not be the same and Paul works that out yes yeah so I think that's important to understand that even that your dog the substance that makes the dog is not going to be the dog up in mm-hmm. heaven right and so um, I, I think we trust God in how he's going to resurrect mm-hmm. and recreate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's all sorts of, I think, similar struggles that, you know, around, especially around spouses, things of that nature, and death. There's, in Scripture, it's not, you you won't be married or given a marriage um, right. in, in eternity. and But yet there remain all of these these questions of, Will I know them? Will I live with them? Or or and or just blatantly this assumption, I will be with you again there. And again, we don't this this eternal state is obviously too much for us to grasp. Um, it is beyond our comprehension to some degree. And and it will be all centered around who God is. Yeah. And our longings will be utterly met in who God is. So the the fear we have that this loneliness I will need this person or I will need my dog or whatever is we we don't understand how fulfilled we will be in the presence of our Creator right and how that factors into all of this and so so I see and and I'm I'm not saying I get that either I don't right. I don't sense I don't understand but the uh, but th- that manifests itself in some of our hopes being anchored in the particular, um, you know, animal, person, even sure. even object. I mean, yeah. there are people who are just hoping that they that they get to live in their house um, mm-hmm. or have their vehicle. I right. mean, there there really are these things that we are att- that give us to. meaning and yeah. hope, and we're attached to. And we hope we can have them forever. And mm. the thing that we're promised that we have forever is our Creator, right? Um, and Oh, and but within a world, and I don't know so how I, that works. I mean, yeah. yeah, we don't fully know how it works. And I would say that even um, it, the whole passage that Jesus talks about, you know, you won't be given a marriage, and he's not even actually talking about the new heaven and new earth in that spot. Mm. Um, because in Isaiah 65, there's an indication that there will mm. be birth in the new kingdom, and yeah. so what, what that all looks like. But we, potentially even like things like conflict and yeah, stuff. Yeah. We, which is, I, yeah, that's, there's a lot in there. Yeah. yeah. So I think we have to be very careful because. And work and stewardship. Yeah. This, there's, there's mm-hmm. 
the garden wasn't like a place of bliss. It was a place of labor. Mm-hmm. It was a place yeah. of learning. It was a place of coming to new well, understanding of relation. Well, All these things are being built. It's just being built um, in in a different way, a way what's not oppressed by sin. And an interesting thing is the garden wasn't the whole world. The garden was a space in the world that they were sent out of. Yes. And so the garden was really maybe more like going to the temple. Yep. Um, so that's that's an interesting thing. Um, but yeah, it, yes. Right. I mean, it literally, it, it, was, a, it was a place Eden of, can be a translated loosely as is a nursery in a sense. So. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then the, in, in the scriptures, especially in the book of Revelation, this, we don't go back to a garden, a city descends, which is very, very interesting. And, right. and, and, and that means for one, the, Within the city are all things that humanity made, which is interesting that God brings down a version of, I mean, we created streets and doors and windows and pillars. Mm-hmm. And, and so the city that descends from, from the heavens is made up of the things that we built. Yeah. And that, that's really incredible, but, but it's not our version of it. Right. Still, it's, it's a very... There's so much in there, and, and I, I was listening to a, a writer's podcast the other day. hadn't thought of this one, but it was interesting. Even in the Lord's Supper, he doesn't say, you know, it's he doesn't go, you know what? What I'm taking you back to is is I'm going to feed you grain and grapes. No, it's wine and bread, which is what we create. So right. we we remember him through the work of our own hands, no. um, and so there is something to to our our work. And so you see when you see things like you know Jesus in the parable about stewardship and and those who are faithful to a few things so i will make ruler over many things and there seems to be ideas that you know there there's even responsibility and uh and things of that nature and again not quite sure how it all ties together but it also means that we don't fly off to an ethereal state um it's a lot of the things that we're investing in in our life now are things that we would experience in that state right. just yeah. just not tainted and fallen and broken right and i I think when you're talking about i think okay so one of the other things we we don't realize is that as as the israelites read the old testament in particular in those 300 years before jesus they are expecting not jesus Mm -hmm. they're expecting another construct yeah and as we (laughs) and so are we are exactly in the same boat and i think we have to be really humble yeah. And saying, okay, the resurrected life is not the life you think it is. No. Um, it's not. Yeah. And so we Probably just better. We, it's gonna it's better. It's gonna yeah. be better than you think it is, but it's also gonna be different. And I think we have to be ready to just be okay with that and yeah. live in the present. And I think yeah. a lot of times we want to live in the future. We want to like know exactly how the end's gonna happen. And I think God has never said, I'm going to let you know how the end's going to happen. He says, for good reason, I will show you that I'm in control. And here's some beautiful pictures of what it might, what it's going mm-hmm. to look like, but they're not going to be the picture. I'm not going to lay it out for you because then, well, well then I, you're, then you're not trusting God. You're, you're. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, you learn that with kids. Yeah. I mean, we are children yeah. and God is treating us like children. I learned with my own children. Like I don't lay everything out for them. Right. I, Tell them a, I tell them a future. Yeah, <laughs> I, I narrate a beauty, a, a beautiful thing that has metaphor in it, in order for them in the present to grow and to mm-hmm. to learn. And so I think that's very much. 
what God's doing. Well, that that's that actually that idea brings back an interesting you know coming coming back to the the question and actually just to throw this in, I think we should be open to just as with Jesus, how when he came, he wasn't what some people wanted. It no. was better, but it came in a way that that people didn't want, um, and it didn't meet some of the the specific desires that people had. And we should probably expect that as well. Like if there's a thing we really, really want, it may not be what's truly going to going to enrich our souls and, and God may actually do it in a way that we wouldn't have picked. And uh, the whole thing about God being God is that that would be better. And there's a submission in that to anyway. So that's interesting. But the, but the original question had to do with talking to kids about an older dog. Mm-hmm. Here, you're talking about your, how you talk to your kids and narrate a future, but you don't necessarily give them all the details with kids. I think this is a question about kids and death and kids and grief, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and definitely. That's what it really is. It's the dog matters. I'm sh- it's a wonderful dog. I've, right. I have engaged with this dog. <laughs> question askers live on my street and, and we, you know, we, we will cry when our dogs die. We will miss their, their yeah. cool dogs. But, um, but it has to do with, you're going to lose something you love mm-hmm. and, and there's grief. And yeah. so that's the bigger question behind this. You know, I think it's just, how do we, um, is making this promise that this dog will be there. Is that the helpful thing to get your kid through or what would be the helpful thing as we talk about how you don't tell your kids yeah. everything. Yeah. Well, if my, if my child were to say, Oh, is, is such and such an animal, are they going to be in heaven when I get there? Right. I, I actually might say, well, this is what's going to happen in the end that God's kingdom yeah. is going to come and be here on earth together. And God's going to recreate right. everything. So it's going to be a different than a heaven. I want to yeah. get them away yeah. from that, that thinking. The other thing I would probably just say is, I don't know, but what, what, what do you miss about Yeah. Rufus like what do you miss about our, our dog and what are some of the fun memories you have and just yeah. redirect children to thinking about the what they've lost and and the sadness and, of that and actually encouraging the grieving process yeah, and encourage yeah. it to because grief yeah. is remembering and being thankful for what you lost like what you had yeah because it was a gift and I think sometimes we we forget that even mm-hmm. I, my argument about the chickens being tortured and all those kinds of different you know and the a humanity will always be rough on creation until mm-hmm. God makes everything new. Right. I think what we're invited into is to be thankful for the offering that's given us, mm-hmm. right? And certainly we can invite our world to treat itself better than it does and call mm-hmm. people to something better, but at the same time we have to be thankful for what is. Yeah. And I think we're not always that way. We consume without appreciating what mm. the gift that's been given the life that was given up by the chicken the tulip that may not is not going to last once you you know which and this is not to not to promote all the spirituality here but something that that i think like the native american population actually did well in, a, in an interesting way was they recognized that an animal gave up its life for us to eat so right. it's not that they didn't eat but they recognized something of this is there's a, a death had to take place for me to live. There is something true in what they saw mm-hmm. in that, that we often just, we just gobble down and consume. Right. Don't, don't ever acknowledge all of the dying that has to happen for us to live. Sure. Um, which, but which is true of plant life. Even, you know, you can't get away from it. You can't stop eating animals and not 
have things die to make you live. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you yeah. think like overconsumption, think about Jesus's miracle about the filling the nets full of tilapia, basically. Yeah. Uh, what were they doing? I mean, that's a lot more fish than they expected to catch. Right. And what are they going to do with all that? And, mm-hmm. and there's... We God invites us to live in the in what we're doing and what's happening around us, and He is concerned first with where people are mm-hmm. and what they're struggling with and how they can step into a relationship with Him, and hopefully, then that transforms the way they treat the world and the earth. Yeah, and 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 I, and I actually I would say that our creational calling is to steward that as well as we, it's a deep responsibility. I I actually think that in the in our liberal conservative divide in mm-hmm. which, you know, supposedly liberals are the ones who care about the earth and the conservatives don't, um, which doesn't bear out to be exactly the case. But, but I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's helpful. Um, I think of all people, the, Hey, just by the stinking name conservative, you should conserve things. But the, my point is, the calling of God's people is to love what he's made and care for what he's made. Yes. And, and absolute, like, because he made it and said that it was good, he pronounced a blessing over it. So we should treat it as such. And, and then on top of that, care deeply about the, the human, like the soul, the salvation, you know, that, that would, would take precedent, but it wouldn't be because we didn't care. Um, it would be, above and beyond it would be another layer of our of our care and concern would right. would be leveled toward other humans and i've found it's easier to love the earth and animals than people i'm serious <laughs> i'm dead serious i mean i can i can look at i can look at the tree in my yard and it's struggling right now there's a little dead section it has never said a mean thing to me no, it has never true. abandoned me it's just there every day and uh and and it's a strange it did but it's so true it's easier to love those things i think it's easier to love those things as long as they don't aren't stuck in a place where they are going to either limit or um hinder your consumption yeah right so if i i really love the chickens and i decide i'm not gonna eat chicken anymore right or I love the yeah. the cow, and I'm not yeah. going to eat. I'm you know, it, or I'm going to only eat this particular kind. Um, one loving them gets really complicated. Uh, loving my neighbor becomes more complicated. Yeah, I mean, it all. I'm, I'm, yeah. I get course. what you. But you're saying on a local, it's easier to love the goat in your backyard than it is to love the, the your next door neighbor. Maybe. Yeah. It it very much can be now by love. What do we mean? But I'm just saying it's affection. Yeah. To nurture an affection. For right. Yeah. 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 The goat, I give it a handful of stuff. It <laughs> nuzzles up. I do have a goat. I know. That's um, what I was saying. <laughs> nuzzles up to your hand for a second. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. You know, I take a handful of grain across the street to my neighbor. They don't care. No. I'm just <laughs> they look at me weird. Right. They don't nuzzle but, you at all. <laughs> but but obviously, the depth of affection you can have with, yeah. a, with a fellow yeah. human. The, the reason we're so let down by our fellow humans is because of the possibilities. Mm-hmm. It, the possibilities yeah. are far higher. Um, the goat is almost like it forgets me every day. Um, the dog doesn't forget me. But also when I share my deep feelings, Benji, my dog, just looks at me and goes and licks me. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. But not really able not quite to the same. step into steppy. Your life and really <laughs> offer you a deep right. insight or point you towards Jesus in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So 
So one thing that I shared was that I've I've done a memorial service for a dog. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened. I've anointed and prayed over animals. Yeah. So so let's uh let's talk about that for a second. I remember you said that. So so yeah, there there are probably some believers out there who would go you're crazy. And and I'll, I'm yeah. Yeah, just did the same, you know, anointed the dogs with oil and prayed over them and listened to the people talk about how much they love their animal and mm-hmm. and affirmed that God loves them and the dog and yeah. that he's in control of this process. Yeah. That's, you know, where we're all at. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I think because the world's hard, animals, particularly domesticated animals, mm-hmm. are... Um, our they're 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 a gift from God to help us live in a hard world. Yeah, I just remember recently somebody told me a story about how they they lost a horse, and then they buried the horse, and the horse's buddy yeah. the next day just went out and usually yeah. you know does his little trot and does yeah. his thing. Just went over to where the grave was. Didn't actually know the grave was there. You know, he knew that that's where he was. And laid down on yep. top of it for a day. Our, our goat, we had one of the goats died, and the other was young when it had, when it had come into our our home, so or our backyard. And uh, when the older one who had arthritis, we put her down. the The younger one laid on right on her grave, and she was buried deep. We, <laughs> I made a mistake. <laughs> I buried one shallow, and it. Um, it looked like it was uh, coming up from the dead. It, it, it expanded. It was terrifying. Oh, Honestly, the ground was opening. It was like, ah. So we learned our lesson, buried him deep. and uh, But Squeaky, the younger goat, yeah, just laid on top of that Aww. fur. Honestly, for months, if not a year, would go and just lay on that spot. And, yeah, there's a there's something there. There's a connection. There's a connection. Yeah. Right. And so... It's, I think it's a beautiful picture of God's amazing creativity mm-hmm. and that he interconnects oh, yeah. us. He interconnects the animals that their neurobiological existence is interconnected with yeah. us and them. And it changes our brain, changes their brains. Yeah. It's, it's pretty powerful and pretty beautiful. No, it, it, it is, it, it is absolutely. And it's, it's not a farce and there's a reason that, yeah. that people connect and, and can I mean my octopus teacher? What an interesting film! But that that's a an amazing you know example of this octopus that begins to actually trust. You can see like move toward a human, and and uh, and I think that those are opportunities to see. I, I think we see God in that. I think we see in in the connectivity mm-hmm. of creatures. Like if this is all just stuff growing up for meaningless reasons, that connection. A is just it doesn't mean anything in the end, and B it's it's extremely shocking. But if there's a God that created all this, it's actually you could see that oh this actually makes some sense, and maybe this is real. This isn't just you know all fake. This is real. But the so the when I did the memorial service, I took it to mean they wanted to remember the, the animal. And this, these were friends of ours who actually are, you know, the faith is not, they're, they're, it's a struggle for them. It's more of a, of a back and forth. And when they asked if I would, if I would do this, I wanted to do it for them. I, I know that they loved their dog very much. 
And, and so I, there are a couple of things I told him I couldn't say, I couldn't, I, I didn't feel comfortable to say this specific dog will be specifically in heaven. I, I don't, I don't know how well that works. I kind of similar to what we expressed earlier. I said, I, I can't state that and anchor your hope in that, but I can state that God has a good purpose, that these animals are, are amazing creatures of his, that they are speaking to us about the goodness of God and that there is a, a new heaven, a new earth. Um, and that these losses are, are kind of like you said, like groanings that, that point us there, that, that show us that, um, that life is valuable and, and beautiful. So shared a couple things along those lines. People told stories about the, the dog and actually I have no regrets. Yeah, I actually think it was a, a powerful opportunity yeah. to point people to a God that does good and beautiful things. And, and a, and an opportunity to mourn. Yeah, I like would agree. You were saying. Yeah, I, I think as you were talking, I just think animals, because their life is short, especially the d- domesticated ones. The well, they are all short, but the domesticated ones teach us how to grieve. Mm-hmm. They teach us how to have joy. They mm-hmm. teach us there. They they do help instruct us in way the way yeah. of God, and we also get to see, in a sense, the curse played out in front of us. Yeah. We watch in a faster speed. We mm-hmm. watch them be joyous yeah. and then we watch them get older mm-hmm. and we watch them you get know, sick and... sick or or we watch them impacted by how people treat them so mm-hmm. you know if they're people they're abused and they're they have trauma and they're skittish and they mm-hmm. oh, are man. mean or they <sighs> they respond and we begin to see how environments create yeah. people Dude. and and animal like can create a personality and a way a person is and it's important that... for us to see that and to to read and that's one of the most powerful connections I have with with my favorite of our three dogs is he was he was deeply abused. He was afraid of everybody, tried to bite everybody. My brother-in-law found him on the street in the middle of a monsoon storm, and he was just aggressive. And he still got a little edge to him every once in a while, but he is like he's just like the sweetest now. You know, and you can see like we've we've taken care of him. He he's changed. And, uh, and so actually this morning he was like curled up, he just curls up next to me in bed every night. And it's just like, and I roll over and he grunts and I'm like, sorry, dude, you know, but he's just a sweet little creature, but he was so, so broken and like, just, yeah, had, had this terrible life. So there's something really cool about getting to see just a little bit of transformation, even in a creature. Yeah. And, um, and, and like you said, having a chance to provide a better environment, it's actually, it's actually powerful. And then, and you go, humans actually have more capability to receive this. Yeah. That, that yeah. it can point you to like, you know, we, we can, we can change. If this yeah. dog can change, we can change. Right. I think you, you get to see in a little faster speed, the power of love mm-hmm. a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, I got a, I've got a question for the two of us. Let's first do, what's your most painful animal loss memory? And then mm. what's your what's your favorite animal memory? Uh, well, I think probably the most painful loss is I had a cat yeah. that we were given, or we went and got at the Humane Society when I was five. His name was Nosy. Uh-huh. Lived 18 years, so yeah. he lived until I was... Yeah. In my twenties, yeah, um, that cat played tag, 
thought it was a dog. It moved with us, and maybe when it was 16, we finally gave it away, and then it was so old, I think it walked out in the street and got run over, and yeah. I got a phone call saying you know, the cat's dead, and I think that was, it just shared so much life. I mean, eight, yeah. you know, 15 years of an animal is a long time in your life, um, especially when you're a kid, when and I, you kind of grow I, up with it. When I was very little, two cats, actually, the first one was killed and eaten by my dog and i found its head um the second one we were getting close to moving and we weren't going to get to take it with us but it ran into the street and got run over by a car in front of me oh wow these are both before i was five oh geez you have some traumatic cat memories yeah which so so those (laughs) that duo Anyway, well, no, that's good. I, I have a just since we're doing animal things, I have a couple interesting animal stories. So we had this orange tabby cat called Putty Paws, and also I think animals sort of take the personality of the family. So the yeah. cat was needy and loud, <laughs> and uh, so he every morning started with used to do it to me, but then moved to my brother. So he'd get on his chest and knead it to death and yell because he wanted to eat. Uh-huh. Same when he wanted out. Well, one day he disappears. And he was gone for a year. Then uh, this lady comes, and we knew her at, in the in the neighborhood as the cat lady. She comes to our door a year later, and she knocks on the door, and she's like, "Hey, like I found this cat yesterday. Is it yours?" And I was like, "No, nah, that's not my cat." And then I just had, I think, a Holy Spirit moment. I said, "But you wouldn't happen to have a pretty big orange tabby that yells a lot." <laughs> And she's like, yeah, I've had that cat for a year. Whoa. She returned the cat to He was so mad at us. <laughs> he knew who we were, and he was <laughs> mad. And so he was louder than... So that cat. So then we got another white cat to be his partner named Skittles. And You named a white cat Skittles. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Skittles and Putty Pies were great friends. But every time a third cat would wander in and we would adopt, it would die. Uh-huh. And it would usually die by being run over in the street in the back because we lived right on Fifth uh-huh. and Columbus. And we had this idea that there is a conspiracy between Skittles and Putty Paws that when the third cat came, they would just, you know, kind of get him to go to the street and be like, hey, go get that. Go run across the street. <laughs> or they'd push the yeah. poor cat into the street because <laughs> they just. So we decided two cats were all we were allowed to have. That was all you're allowed so to that's, you know, cats were a big deal in my family the dogs we never i mean we got them but we didn't like them that much we had a sheltie sheltie would just run around the pool and try to herd the people in the pool until his feet were bloody and he'd bark all the time and they really don't get shelties interesting we have um so we we have our our youngest our newest dog which belongs to my daughter leo leo um he he was reported to be when he was very little and we bought him from a sort of sketchy apartment complex in Phoenix. Uh, he was reported to be part Chihuahua and uh, poodle. Not He's not poodle. <laughs> There's no poodle in this dog. Um, as he grew up, it became very obvious. Uh, so he's probably some form of, um, of like, oh, shoot, uh, like a spaniel. Okay. A spaniel Chihuahua. Well, that's so an interesting mix for he's a dog. A hoot. So he, he herds the goat which is hilarious to watch. He points and he like 
it's like yep 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 and like we'll get the dog or the goat up on its little brick pile mm-hmm. and get it stuck there so that's <laughs> that's very fun to watch i enjoy that immensely <laughs> and um and then he's funny because he'll standing up to laying down it takes point zero zero four seconds or something he He'll be running and then he's just laying down, just boom, like immediately. There's no process of laying down. He just is. Just oh, goes from like a sprint to boom, lay down. So he's funny. Chandler, our other dog. There's a story I wish I could tell on here, but I can't of him. Um, yeah, I can't tell it. Just going to have to wish you knew. Off air. Story. Off air. Yeah. Some people have heard this story. Um, it it does include the song Honky Tonk Badonkadonk. Oh, so wow. just. <laughs> Ask us about that one. Oh my goodness! Um, and uh, he's he's Michaela's shadow, and then Benji, the the one who I was saying he's the, and we named him after right. the movies because he was very much that kind of dog. But uh, yeah, he probably might. The thing I'm going to miss is the thing that drives me crazy with him. He if he wakes up in the night and he needs to use the restroom or go outside um, or he the water hasn't been refilled he just very gent- kindly walks over and just gives me a little one little lick on my nose and that's the <laughs> signal he's so <laughs> he's so polite it's not like pawing at the door or whining he just just one and i wake up enough and i'm like no 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 no, no. <laughs> and then if i don't listen to that he'll put his little paw on my face Nice. So he he's just such a he such a gentleman. Believes he's in charge. He yeah, and well, he only needs a little. little yeah, he's little. like I don't have to make a big. He's fuss. a Jedi I, dog. I'm just gonna touch you, and you'll know. Andy, it's time <laughs> for you to get up and feed me. Yeah, let me out. <laughs> so as much as that drives me crazy when he wakes yeah, me up, yeah, that makes it's, sense. It's kind of a sweet little thing where, when it's gone, I'll be like, oh, yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, there you go. So I got some animal stories. Well. To wrap things up, I would suggest if you want to just think about it from a biblical perspective, you should read Isaiah 11 and Isaiah 65 mm-hmm. and Romans 8 to think through the groaning of, of creation. And then an enjoyable, thoughtful maybe reading through Revelation to see mm-hmm. all the animals present yeah. <laughs> in Revelation, weird and normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, and then kind of begin to process that. But what's important is to understand that heaven isn't some place out there mm-hmm. that we're all going to, but the mm-hmm. heaven and earth are coming together yep. and all things will be made new. And you have to think about all of that in the context of your animals and yep. your life. And lest anyone doubt us, we are very clear that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is what makes this possible. And, and that that is extremely important for our souls as well. But, there, but it doesn't uh, leave out anything in creation. And a little interesting fact, Jesus, the resurrected Jesus ate fish. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting fact. Uh, that is thought. an interesting fact. And to close this, my grandma, who was like an animal wizard, uh, would come home and she had fish and she would stick her hand in the tank. And she did this every day. And she got her fish to come up to her hand and she would pet them and Whoa. they would lean into So... All, even the most simplest of God's creation are drawn yeah. to the people who are called to steward them. Yep. Yep. And, and there's, I think that's a really powerful thing. It's worth considering. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks, man. And uh, and if you if you have questions or clarifying questions, uh, 
you can always email us faithoverbreakfast at gmail.com. And uh, we are we are still offering books off our shelf, I believe, if that's something that yeah, you would like. Yeah, I guess we like. have to send David Crawford one. He's a so. new questioner. Yeah. So a book to you, David. I'm very excited. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we, we love to hear from you. If, uh, if you like the podcast um, or even just find it something tolerable to listen to, you know, five-star reviews are available for you to, uh, to share with others yes. so that we can be found and these little discussions can get out there. Yeah, so. if you get the more you rate us, the more people find us. That's right. So thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with us for breakfast. Um, I just wish you would have brought me some, you know, but, but next time. You've been listening to Faith Over Breakfast with Pastor Eric Siepen and Pastor Andy Littleton. Please share us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you.